Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. From relationships, purpose, parenting, being a single mom, and just great freaking advice, you'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny and live the best life possible. So welcome and enjoy. here and I'm back with another video if you are new to my channel then don't forget to subscribe so you can stay updated on all my videos and don't forget to ch check the description box because I always put a lot of stuff in there including my patreon where I talk about all things leveling up your life now without further ado let's go ahead and get right on into the video shall we and this is where we are going to be talking about the difference between love and lust. But one thing that I particularly want to point out when it comes to the difference between love and lust is the whole thing about Steve Harvey's book act like a lady think like a man and I'll listen in the description box in case you guys have not read it because it is worth a read but what he says is that if a man is really serious about you and he loves you and he has intentions for you there are the three P's that you are going to look for profess which means that he is going to give you a title of a wife a girlfriend say I love you he is going to acknowledge you in front of his family this is going to be some type of um, profession of you're the one for me and not like in between the sheets of the bedroom and like that's it like provide in the sense that like, do not get it twisted I don't care what y'all say men couldn't should be providers in my opinion maybe I'm not saying that women cannot work y'all know I work here's my PhD right here I don't believe in you not being about anything but I also do not believe in people sitting women sitting around just working like a freaking Hebrew slave like in the book of Moses and up there working yourself to death and what the man is doing is sitting there looking at you and making a whole bunch of excuses why he can't and protect so a man who really loves you is not going to allow you to be disrespected. He's not going to allow you to walk in the car in a dangerous to the car, kick you out after sex and say, go walk to the car in the middle of the night by yourself, knowing that you could get robbed or mugged. This is the example that I'm going to show between two parallels and they are going to be the story of Dina and the story of Tamar. They're two different women of the Bible who have two similar situations, but the way in which the men treated them were very different. Now, if you are familiar with these stories, then you know that the way that the sex occurred in both of these stories was through rape. I'm not trying to say that, oh, if somebody rapes you, they love you or something crazy because I know y'all like to get offended on YouTube. I'm not focusing on that. So first we're going to get into the story of Dina. And basically what happened to Dina is that she was taken by force by um, Shechem, the son of Hamar, and then this is in Genesis chapter 34. If you read it, he kidnapped her and he laid with her. The amplified version says intimately by force, but she didn't want to. But then in chapter three, and this is where the love comes in. So disregard the rape, but let's say that you have slept with a guy because you're not celibate and you don't want to wait till marriage. No judgment. I know that it happens. Um, and then you should also check out my video on why you should be celibate. <clears throat> Just saying. But let's say that you have slept with a guy. And this is one of the ways that is the difference between Tamar and the difference between Dina. So with Dina, it says, but his soul longed for and clung to Dina and he loved her and spoke comfort, comfortly to her, to the young 
young heart's wishes. So basically, after he, you know, thought that he was giving her a favor by like taking her, you know, whatever, um, he he loved her, right? So if you were to compare that to the story of Tamar and to read that story, you could go to um, 2 Samuel chapter 13, is that Tamar's brother actually tricked her, he raped her, and after he had sex with her, all of the quote unquote love that he had for her turned into hate and he like basically abused her even more and told her servants to kick her out. And so the difference between love and lust, and if you have ever experienced this situation, it is no judgment on you, but if you have ever slept with a guy and, and he has either ghosted you, felt any animosity towards you or any hatred or any ill will towards you, that is because his lust is now satisfied and now he does not want anything to do with you. In the case of Dina, love was more, or his sex on his part, um, but in an ideal situation, this is mutual sex, right? It is a loving act in which two people come together and your souls long for each other. It shouldn't be a situation where, oh, now I don't like you, I hate you, or I wanna treat you like crap because you, I have now slept with you, I got what I wanted and now you are no longer used. Because if we continue on, with the story of Dina, he actually loved her so much that he went to his father and said, get this young woman to me as a wife. Disclaimer, you cannot make a man fall in love with you through sex. So I need to put this out there because I feel like y'all might be missing the point of this story. You might subconsciously think this is what I'm telling you. I am not telling you that. What I am saying is that aside from the sex, he loved Dina and so he had intentions for her and he wanted to make Dina his wife and they were willing to do anything to get her. So first he says, um, in Genesis 34 chapter 12, demand of me a very large payment and gift as compensation for giving up your daughter and sister and I will get, give you whatever you tell me, only give me her to be my wife. So I'm not saying that they gotta go to their family and like pay a dowry or something. That's a bit like overkill, like I don't know, um, or like pay them for you. But this goes to the provider mindset that if a man wants to love you, then he is setting up intentions for you. He has a future for you. He wants you to be his wife. He wants to provide for you and he has set up a household in, in which he is able to do that. This is not a situation where he's like, come be my wife so she can work for me and provide for me or I wanna be selfish with my money or I just want her to come in and be my maid or anything. It is like, no, I have, an, I have set up a lifestyle in which I'm able to afford a wife. You know, we're not gonna be freaking living in poverty and I'm willing to go above and beyond to show both her and the family that I can provide for her and whatever you're asking of me, you know, as long as it's reasonable because that's what they did back in the day, it should be done because that is how much I want to prove to you that I will be a fitful husband, right? Because if you're telling a man like, okay, if he's showing interest in you and he wants to get with you and you're like, you know what, you need to get your stuff together. You need to get a job. You need to, you know, get your credit straight. You need to move out of your mama's house. You need to um, be a grown behind man. A man should not be resentful of the reasonable aspects if there are certain stipulations that you feel 
that he must have in order for you to be his wife. As long as they're well within reason, then it shouldn't be an issue to doing that because the last thing you want to do is move in with him and he's sleeping, you sleeping on him and his mom's couch and he can't and he doesn't have what it takes to be a man or he or he's not willing to show or cut off, you know, these other chicks, these exes that he's still talking to because he wants to be their friend. He's not willing to take the steps necessary to prove to you that he's willing to be a good husband for you. And so that is love, right? If we were to compare that to the story of Tamar, remember the last place that we left off is that he slept with her. His love for her turned into hate. He kicked her out. And then Tamar went on to live to be a desolate woman. And he didn't care at all. He knew that he had defiled her. He knew that he had disrespected her. And he sat up there and he watched her cry and he watched her beg. She said, please take this disgrace away from me and ask me to be your wife. And he said, no, he did not want to marry her. He did not have intentions for her. He did not care that her reputation was tarnished. And he was like, and every emotion that he felt for her went out of the freaking window. And then when they went to tell David, who was Tamar's father, um, that Tamar had been raped, it was just like, whatever. Daddy didn't care, nobody cared. So this is where I'm going to shift and I'm gonna get into something a little bit different because I also feel like this is the difference between love and lust, but this is, but I'm gonna shift away from the lover's aspect because in the story of Dina, and I feel like men in general who truly care about you because Dina's family, her brothers and her father cared about her point blank period. And so when men typically have love for you, they are still going to want to respect your honor and they are still gonna to want to protect you. So at this point, the brothers and the father did agree for Dina to marry um, the guy who had raped her, right? However, <laughs> this was deceitful because what they did was that they went and they entered the city and they killed every male. Now this is extreme, but the reason why they did it, and this is in um, Genesis 34, chapter 27, is that the Jacob's other sons came upon those who killed and looted the town because their sister had been defiled and they had been disgraced. And like, they didn't even take action against the dude who raped her. They took action against everybody. Everybody died, right? And then the brothers said in verse 31, they said, they said, should he be permitted to treat our sister as a prostitute? So my point is that a man, these were her brothers, but regardless, any man who truly loves you and have truly intentions for you is not going to allow you to be disrespected in his sight. They're not going to disrespect you in any sign of somebody kind of doing you wrong. They're probably going to do something. In the Steve Harvey book, if you didn't read it and you should, it's pretty old, but I'm still going to link it down in the description box because I love it. And act like a lady, think like a man. That's what he says is that a man does three things when they love you. They profess they meaning that they give you a title, they call you a girlfriend, they give you a wife. You know, we see that in the story with Dina, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to give her a title. In the story of Tamar, not so much. They provide, which is what we also talked about, is that in the story of Dina, he was like, whatever you want financially, I will give it to you to show you that I am a good husband for Dina. In Tamar, even though he was actually a prince, he ain't do nothing. And they protect, they provide, no, profess, provide and they protect. 
And so in the story of Dina, we can see where they literally protected her reputation because A, she was defiled, she was disrespected, and she was treated like a prostitute. And they're like, yo, we not having it. You gotta die, son, today. They was like, um, yeah, nah, nah, we don't have time for that. Like, we let you come in here and talk your talk. We ain't have time to deal with that today, but today we got time because today you gotta die because you disrespect our sister and we not having it. And they took their sister back because they wasn't gonna have her in a situation in which she had been disrespected. Now, we have to finish the story of um, Tamar because in this, we see a complete and total opposite. I think we kind of have, you know, where we are in the story of Tamar between, you know, after the act of rape, you know, I'm not gonna say sex, but in my, my example that we're gonna give, we're talking about sex and how she was treated. She was just utterly disrespected. So not only did they, did he not profess, not only did he not provide, um, but he also didn't protect. So like I was saying, if you go into 2 Samuel 13, verse 21, it says, now when David heard about all of these things, he was angry, but failed to act. What happened is that Epsilon, so Epsilon was very upset that David did not do anything. So Epsilon took it upon himself to kill Amnon in honor of his sister. And then this is what started an entire war where it no longer even became about Tamar. It just became about the two men, which was David the father and Epsilon fighting to become king. And um, and Tamar, we don't know what happened to her. Like if you hear about the story, they're like, no, we taking my sister back. You disrespected her. And when it comes to Epsilon, Amnon and David, it became all about the men. Tamar was completely disrespected. Tamar was completely forgotten about. And Tamar went to go live in her brother's house. And that's all that we ever hear from her. So not only was the protect, provide and professed missed with her, but she was completely disregarded and disrespected like a piece of trash. And that is what lust is because you satisfy the flesh and you don't have any use for this person and therefore you don't see any reason to have them or respect them or want them or care what happens to them. And so sad to say that even in this day and age, that is what happens to so many women and we have to stop allowing ourselves to get disrespected like this and treated like crap on the bottom of somebody's shoe all in this name of I want to lie with you, I want to love you, or in the name of some false promises that don't exist, okay? So always remember that, profess, provide, and protect. All of these things are things that you need to pay attention to when it comes to dating to find out if a guy is actually serious about you or if he's just trying to run game and he's trying to use you for whatever, right? Right. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for watching and I will see you guys another day, another time. Please let me know if you got anything out of this and if you kind of got what I was saying. If you ever fell into the contraption of being lust, being lusted after and being used by men where they showed you all this attention and then when they got what they wanted, they, they chucked up the deuces and, and that was it. All right, guys.